Like, you just want to say to people that, like, you, like, you guys should always be you, you know? Like, don't be like somebody else. And... Hello, everybody. My name is Ryan Hamilton Odman, and this is my friend, Scott. Hello. Hey, Scott. So he is reporting live all the way from Texas. And Scott and I, we met at Seal Beach with his wife, Lauren. How is Lauren doing, by the way? She's good. She's actually in uh, Southern California right now visiting her children mm -hmm. and uh, extended her stay till next uh, Wednesday or so. <laughs> so uh, a lot of running around for her right now. And, um, but, you know, we, we do our FaceTime every night before bed and, uh, oh. you know, catch up on things. Good, good. Yeah, you know what? That that's beautiful, brother. That's beautiful. I'm really happy for you, and um, and that's sweet, man. That's sweet. I'm really. You guys have been such a big blessing to my life. Praise God, and you guys have helped me to see God through His peace. His peace. I remember this one time I was hanging out with you guys, and I just experienced God's peace like never before. And and um, when I was going through a tough time with learning about God's love, and I had a hard time realizing that it's not something that you earn, but it's something that you are freely given. And with that, that's when the change takes place. And so you and Lauren's um, heart for each other and for people in general, um, it really impacted me. So, so thank you guys for your obedience to, to knowing God and being his light to the rest of the world. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So everyone out there, I'm going to interview Scott. Uh, Scott has a powerful testimony, a powerful um, just life of him being himself. And he may not know the altitude of his, of his uh, impact of his testimony, but it really is high. So I really hope that everyone that's watching this would be greatly impacted and that they would understand how great our God is. And if you're not a believer, please, please, I beg you. <laughs> Actually, I don't beg you. I just, I ask you, please stay and listen and just hear Scott's uh, story. And for those of you that are familiar with autism spectrum disorder, which on this channel, whole creations, people um, with special needs in general, this is a a really big YouTube or podcast place for people with special needs to um, show off their talents or for people that are affiliated or um, really close with somebody with special needs, this is a channel for them as well. So whether you're a parent, a teacher, um, educator, whatever it may be, please stay here to listen. Whether you are a Jesus Christ believer or not, we highly recommend that you stay here to listen. So Scott, Share with us your testimony about, about how you came to know Christ. Well, um, I could say I was raised in it, but um, as far as the actual, you know, stake in the ground moment where I could like go back to this moment and say, that is the moment that, you know, I became born again or that I became a believer. It was... I'm going to say about first grade and uh, I had been uh, attending a, a Sunday school regularly. My, my father uh, brought us to Sunday school 
um, you know, on a very routine basis, you know, religiously. And, and so um, I had a very good Sunday school teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would say without the influence of this Sunday school teacher, maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, but uh, she was very loving and she was very kind and, and uh, she always made sure to explain to us the steps to salvation and, and what, you know, we needed to do to be saved. And so, you know, going to Sunday school, I was very, uh, I was very attracted to the, to the intellectual aspect of it, you know, being more of an internal thinking individual, <laughs> Yeah. But but I was also very touched by the miraculousness of of these stories and and um, and uh, and I believed them and I you know I still do <laughs> mm. but uh, you know she would walk us through the sinner's prayer mm. you know around those little rectangle tables you know like in Sunday school they had the different walls partitioned off for different grades and then you know they would go into separate areas and then do crafts and then like go through booklets and and you know drawings and stuff like that and so you know like maybe a group of um i want to say 10 kids you know that each sunday school teacher would be in charge of right and and so this is the kind of the atmosphere that I, that, that I can paint, like, as like what my memory was in the first grade and how uh, she led us all in the sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and so I do recall that. And, and, and one day when I was walking home from school, because I attended public school, like a lot of uh, most people, I attended public school. So, I would walk home from school every day through this park. And there was this one hill that I would walk over mm. before I would exit the park. Right. And, and that was that one area that I could say, okay, if this is where I was born again, it was right here mm. <laughs> on this hill. Okay. Because it was like, I stopped there one day because I was always thinking about everything and thinking about life, even at that age. And I thought, you know, I prayed that prayer in Sunday school. Right. But I was praying it just, you know, because somebody was directing me to. But I should really like ask God asked Jesus to come into my life, like right here, right now, you know, Mm. by myself here in the park under these pine trees, you know, in nature, you know, just me and God. And so I did. And I can remember just being very joyful and just kind of like, you know, really running home happy the rest of the way, you know. And so it was a young conversion, you know, at that point. But um, that's where it began, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I could say that's where the seed of salvation sprouted to where I was, you know, saved. But then God began this sanctification in me as I grew, you know, to where when I got to my junior high years, I began to experience the Lord on a another level, like through prayer and just really communing with his spirit a lot more to where I was like starting to come into like a reality of walking in, in, in God's spirit, mm. you know, mm. and that's just a nutshell. I'll just say that like, this is <laughs> what it was in a nutshell of me, you know, becoming born again and coming to know the Lord. No, I, I definitely um, appreciate you sharing that. And with what you just shared about like you being drawn to the miraculous, it's like, yeah, that's true. Like it's the power of God. The kingdom of God is by demonstration of power. It's not by word. So it's not so much of us talking with our words, but it's by, we see the demonstration. And so for you, the, the Sunday school teacher, she demonstrated, was it he or she? She she demonstrated her faith in such a way that it really impacted you. And so the same way, like how my grandmother, um, Gloria Hamilton, she just lived out her faith in such a way where it just really impacted me as a young child with autism. And um, with what you were sharing, you, you had that prayer, you reached out to God um, because you knew he was already drawing you to, to him. And um you said you had joy right after the fact. And I, I, I definitely can um, relate to that. When I was going through the biggest depressing day, November 13th, 2014, um, where I tried to take my own life, the next day as I woke up, I, I, I knew I was still alive for a reason. And I had this joy, this unshakable joy out of nowhere. And I didn't know where it was coming from. But lo and behold, the Lord Jesus was revealing himself to me little by little. So yeah, it's, I, I, I get what you mean by having that joy that you just that you never forget. So, And that was uh, probably more of a gift for me then. Uh, to have those emotions, mm. you know, so readily at the surface and just, you know, to experience it. Yeah. 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 Praise God. Tell us your experience of, um, of having autism. I know you haven't been officially diagnosed, but from what we've talked about and you hearing my story and tell me your, your story. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. So I was never, um, uh, officially diagnosed as a child because um, my mother didn't treat me differently and we weren't the most, um, you know, we were middle-class, maybe lower middle-class, you know, we didn't have as much funds or availability to like to do those things. And plus my mother was always more of a, you go to the doctor if you're like broke a bone or, (laughs) you know, you need stitches or something like that, like, like more of like a life threatening thing. So as far as like my development as a child, she would just sort of like, say, well, you know, I, I think the way she approached it was just the way she treated a lot of her other um, 
she was a she was a um, an early childhood development major, and so she um, taught uh, later on in life, and so she would always um, say to individuals, you know, don't worry about your children; they all develop at a, a different rate, and so I think that's sort of how she approached me, and um, you know, growing up, she said that I was very normal child up to the age of about one and a half mm-hmm. and i had um i had perfect eyes i didn't have a lazy eye like mm-hmm. i did so it was mm-hmm. like when i hit one and a half years old suddenly my right eye uh, went cross-eyed it just it um you know, I had perfect eyes up to that point. Mm. Um, and then <clears throat> I guess, you know, like if you look at my pictures before that, as a child, I, I would seem like a pretty normal, happy, you know, baby uh, expressing myself. But then afterwards, I was more after that happened, after my eye went in, um, I was more. Uh, stoic or you know like more just introverted Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so I mean I could get into a lot of speculations you know like regarding uh, the uh, MMR vaccine Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay and uh, because I think maybe that might have had something to do with it but I couldn't really say it did but from a lot of things that I've been studying, it, it could have. My mom says the same thing with, with me. She says like, yeah, from like zero to two years old was when I, it seemed like I was growing into a perfectly fine baby. But then after taking a vaccine, I guess like something took place that, so that that's her belief as well, but she can't prove it either. So, mm-hmm. so um, let me just summarize real quickly. And then I'll try to get into a little more details. But essentially, um, I grew up adapting to my environment. And But I was always more of a nerd. You know, like, they would call me retarded, you know, at school. That's a word that people don't, you know, like, use a lot. Like, maybe in the last few years, it's not as taboo or whatever. But, like, back then, it was more mainstream you know people would say this individual is retarded or they have a retardation Mm. um um, but you know essentially just meaning that there is a deficiency of certain aspects either emotionally or physically Mm. and um and so children are very astute (laughs) Okay. Mm. Like they know when somebody doesn't really fit in, you know? Mm. Mm. So growing up, you know, it was very common for me to be called, you know, retard or weirdo. Right. Uh, You know why? Because I was outside of this normal spectrum. Mm hmm you know, (laughs) that people would say, 
interesting little story when I was in junior high, this one girl had a crush on me and like in my yearbook, she wrote, you know, to the best weirdo ever or something like that, you know, but she knew I was like off, you know, if you want to say off, but she liked me. But okay, long story short, um, the healthcare industry focuses on younger, uh, younger people that are that are suffering with autism or autistic right. tendencies, um, and those that do not fall into the severe nonverbal category, right? Or you know where they're where they're in a. Uh, uh, an aspect of autism that requires, you know, assistance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, you know, they couldn't survive without a nurse, without a parent, without right. a, a caretaker. Uh, nobody, you know, nobody really sees the connection between, you know, this, this side of autism. Mm. And then those that are falling on the spectrum outside of that, that are, able to function in society. And so, so yeah, that has been a challenge and I've tried to go to psychologists and get uh, diagnosed, but ultimately I realized that I just, I have, um, I am, I'm somewhere on that spectrum and um, you know, it's not as important to me to, to go out and get that, you know, it's not even like that. It's also just the stigma of having it like, like, do I really want to have that label? Do I really want to be called an autistic individual? Yeah. I want to be just who I am. And I just yeah. want to be, I want to work. I don't want to be like, uh, oh, are there certain accommodations for you at this job that we need to make? You know, because I think a lot of that people are falling into that, like, yeah, I'm autistic and you as an employer need to, uh, be aware of that. And I'm like, for me, you know, I'm over 40 now, uh, you know, approaching 50 (laughs) and, and to me, I see that as not a good thing. Right. Right. Not a good thing because I want to just, you know, I don't want to have a stigma attached to me and, and, and I'm not out to try to be a victim or anything of that nature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I love that. I love that. That's the same exact view that I carry as well. For me, I like, whenever they say, do you have any records or any files of you having um, a disability? I always say no. And, And in a way I'm not lying because, because, Hey, like, all things are made brand new. And I really believe Christ has healed me from autism and, and I'm renewing my mind every single day to what I already have in Christ. And that's that by his stripes, I was healed. So I, I am healed from autism. And, and um, Scott, if you never told me that you, that you had it or that you were never diagnosed with it, but like you had, it, I would have never known. And so you're, you're perfect, you're clean, you're whole, and you're righteous, and you have the completion of Christ in you. So I, I believe you are a healed individual as well. So, I mean, 
we all go through struggles. We all go through struggles. We all go through certain social things that, but so does a neurotypical person. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Wait, say that one more time. Everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. Exactly, man. Exactly. And I mean, I could go on and on for this, but you know, <laughs> yeah. try to keep it condensed. <laughs> Um, what is something that you want to encourage men out there that are going through the same struggles that you've gone through? So there are probably other people out there that are over 40 that have never been officially diagnosed with a certain diagnosis and, and um, they, God want God wants to meet them where they're at. And um, mm -hmm. so how would you encourage those people out there that are, in that same situation, Scott? Well, you know, we're all at a different journey along this self-discovery of, of what I call being on the autistic spectrum. Um, and I would just say that, you know, wherever you add on in that journey, like maybe you're in a point where you're, you're, you're hurting, you know, like, like how could this be? How could society have just, not taking care of this, like not acknowledge this, not helped me when I was younger, you know, or, or how is it that society is not acknowledging the problem right now, even for these older individuals, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and so maybe that's where you're at on this journey, you know, that's okay. I was there and I came through that and, and I would just say, you know, be open to the fact that, you know, you can, you can uh, come out on the other side of this and see it from another point of view. Like, um, yes, you know, maybe I am deficient, you know, in these ways, but look at all of the other things that I'm so wonderful at. And look at what I can contribute to society, you know? And, um, you know, I think that, you know, individual types that are on this, this type of spectrum that are not, you know, severely, you know, nonverbal or, right. or obsessive compulsive. I mean, there are obsessive thinking patterns and stuff like that, but, but, you know, like, if you noticed in some severely autistic individuals, they have their routines and they will do the same thing every time or eat the same food every time or throw something away the same way every time or whatever it is they're doing. And that kind of goes into this obsessive thinking process, you know, but, um, I lost my train of thought, but anyway, <laughs> one thing I did was journal. I have uh, several different journals. Like I have these little booklets like this, right. and then I'll put stickers on them. You know, this is possible ideas because so many things going through my head all the time Yeah, that sometimes it helps like here, here's another little journal. That's a different mm -hmm. topic. Yeah. So I'm not jumbling it all together in one journal. Right. I have a separate journal for each subcategory of whatever I'm doing. Right. 
here's another journal. This is a bigger one. Mm. This is like more of my active tasks lists, like yeah. more of what I've like in the forefront of my life, right. you know, and you can have as many of those as you want. And, you know, I encourage people to do that kind of a thing as well. You know, like with all your goals, with all your ideas, um, to kind of like get it out of your head and to just um, so that you can kind of plot your course a little more clearly, you know. Um, but the other thing I would say is the whole thing about um, most of the time I see that autism, one of the major things is emotional. Mm. And that is to be able to transmit emotion yeah. to another individual so that that individual knows what you're feeling. Okay. Mm. So that like, if somebody, somebody transmits to you their emotion and you feel it inside of you, but then you don't have the mechanism to regurgitate that out through a facial expression or through a vocal tone or through an eye movement or whatever, um, that you start to become aware of these things, right? You know, just start to think about how you're feeling and does your outside self really convey what you're feeling on the inside uh that's going to be a lifelong struggle i can't mm. say that that i'm ever going to get there i can say that i've come a long way yeah in my life of learning to empathize mm. that's a key that's mm. a key mm. so what 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 i used to think of empathy and what happens is when you when you uh, adapt growing up, yeah. you redefine what you believe reality is. Okay. So empathy to me was not what it was to everybody else. Mm, okay. Does, does that make sense? Em empathy to me <laughs> was not, okay. It, it was a completely different definition in your mind compared to the rest of the world. Yes, or it was just a part of the definition. So like when you look up a dictionary, you see it means this. A, it means this. B, it means this. Right. C, it means this. Where you only understand maybe one or two of those categories, but you don't understand the third category of empathy. Right, yeah. Okay? Mm. Now, one of the things about empathy is sharing emotion. Okay. Right. Right. When you share emotion, you can feel the same thing that somebody else feels. Right. Okay. Now, most of the time people who are on the spectrum do feel that. Yeah. They do feel what other people feel. Mm. Maybe more so than other individuals but do you transmit it back mm. to the outside? 
and you have like a back and forth. That's what I was missing. And that's what I continue to still struggle with to this day. But like I said, I feel like I've come so far. And the last thing I would say is prayer. Yeah. Stay in prayer. Just soak yourself in prayer because it's one thing that I did when I got into junior high and high school. Mm. I would spend many hours in my room on my knees. And the Lord's spirit was just bringing everything into alignment. Right. You know, even though I wasn't journaling, it was like the Lord was sorting it all out in my head. He was, mm. he was like giving me that ability to quote unquote, be normal or whatever, yeah. or just, you know, like, be like, whole, be whole, like, yeah, to be whole, to, to, to operate as a vessel, you know, yeah. correctly, you know? Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that because, um, I don't know if you ever heard of this term, an MC, a person that's like uh, in charge of a meeting or an event. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like at my job, um, they're allowing me to be an MC for our training on Monday. And so my mind is like, oh my God, oh man, what am I going to talk about? What, what, what am I going to do to keep this going? And so like, like last night, it was actually kind of hard for me to sleep because I was just so, I'm so excited and so happy for this opportunity. But it's like, all right, what am I going to share about? Because I'm here to really hype the people up. I also want to bring some inspirational stuff. And so, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> and so I'm learning more and more like, okay, Ryan, be grounded. And what's going to help me be grounded is yes. Journaling, even though laziness at times kind of like stops me from doing it. I got to fight that laziness and say, no, let me, let me journal this out because, um, the Lord wants me to have a sound mind and a sound mind doesn't come if I don't learn to think these things through or write these things through or talk these things through. Amen. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a interesting journey. So thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course, brother. Of course. Do you want to pray for everybody that's listening? Sure, sure. Dear Lord, uh, we just thank you for all the many gifts that you've given us. We thank you for the ability to help others. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your guidance that you continue to guide us in our healing and in our journey to wholeness. Mm. And, uh, I, I ask for you to bless everybody who is watching this and continue to heal us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And uh, Father, I just thank you for everyone that's watching and listening. Uh, may they know your wholeness and your greatness and your power. And bless God on his future endeavors. And I pray for more opportunities like this to share his faith and um, vocalize his story. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We hope you have a great day wherever you're at. A great night and happy 2022. And uh, we wish you well. Have a great day.